0: If you were here with us last Sunday, you'll notice that the stage looks a lot different because uh, last week we were getting ready for Bible school. We were gearing up for a week of Bible school. It was a fantastic week. And so before we dismiss the children and the leaders who are going to head upstairs for Kids Crew, I just want to brag on them, brag on our leaders who did such a fantastic job. Donna Osborne ran Point. She was our director and and got everything set up. And then we had a, a fabulous team of people that stepped in and served in all kinds of different capacities all week. And some people were literally just, it was like day by day. It's like, where do you need me today? Today I'll be in this class. Today I'll be doing this. And they just, from day to day, they rolled with it. And I just want to say thank you for helping us with a fantastic week of Vacation Bible School, pouring into, investing in the lives of our kids. It was a lot of fun this week. And so, now we're going to dismiss our children who are fourth grade and under, along with our leaders, to head upstairs for Kids Crew. It's a time of worship designed specifically for them, as they're making their way upstairs this morning, I would encourage you to turn in your Bible to 1 Peter chapter 1. Now, our our primary text today is Galatians chapter 5, because we're studying the fruit of the Spirit together, and that's where we see the fruit of the Spirit, is in Galatians chapter 5, and yet we're going to spend probably most of our time this morning in 1 Peter chapter 1. while you're turning there, let me draw your attention to these guest registration cards that are located throughout the room. If you are a guest, a newcomer in worship with us today, we would encourage you, fill out the guest card, and then later in the service, after the, after the sermon, when we receive our offering, if you would drop that in the offering plate, that'd be your gift to us as a guest this morning. Also, if you've joined us online for our live stream or you're listening over our local radio broadcast on Cool 105, you can go to fbcchickashay.org slash connect And there you'll find a web form that contains all the same information that you can share with us. We'd love to know that you've joined us, even if you've joined us virtually for worship this morning, or you're listening in so that we can connect with you. And also, importantly, that we might help you if you have ways that we can minister to you, prayer needs, or you're looking for a place to plug in. We'd love to help you navigate and take those next steps together. One of the songs that we sang this week in Bible school is the song, uh, J is for Jesus, and O is for others. And that's enough. I, I don't need to sing any more of it than that. But the, you know, the song is is singing about joy, and so it says J is for Jesus, O is for others. And and why yi I is for you and you and you and you and you and so you spell out the word joy and Jesus, others and you. And I learned a long time ago, maybe you learned this as well. I I learned that one of the, the, the true secrets to finding joy is to not try to always put yourself first, but to put yourself last, to put Jesus first, and then others second, and then you. And there's a lot of truth to be said in that. There's a lot of truth in the idea that we need, especially the idea that we would put Jesus first. But sometimes, I, I think when we think about joy and we think of it in those terms, it's still, it, it, it can lead us to think that joy is, is about this feeling. And so if it, it's a way that, and so if I put Jesus first and I put others second, then, then I'm going to, it's going to make me feel. And we're looking for a feeling. We're chasing after a feeling. But this morning, I want us to understand that joy is so much more than that. And, and to understand that, we really have to get to, well, then where is the source of joy? If joy isn't just a feeling, as I'm going to share with you this morning and, and, and help us to understand from the scripture that ultimately joy is a confidence that we have that, that is rooted in the very person of God himself. And if so, if that's true, that joy comes through not just chasing a feeling, but chasing hard after, after Christ, then then how is it? What is it? How do we have it? How do we live with it? What does it look like? Those are all going to be things that we consider together this morning. And First Peter chapter 1 helps us to see that. But first, I do want to remind us from Galatians chapter 5 as we study the fruit of the Spirit, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such things there is no law. As we should seek to live in and, and, and our lives reflect this this fruit of God's Holy Spirit. What we saw last week, what we will see this week, and every week throughout the summers we're studying the fruit of the Spirit together, is that ultimately the fruit is something that the Holy Spirit produces in us as we walk in step with him as we are led by the spirit of God and moved by the spirit of God and so the way that we yield more fruit the way that we produce more fruit whether it's joy or love or any of the other fruit is by is by drawing near to the Lord and and chasing after him if you will that's the way I like to say it that we would chase after him or in other words that we would seek to have a a close relationship with him as we as we uh, confess sin and, and, and we live in repentance and, and we seek to honor God and make daily decisions that are aimed to bring honor and glory to Him. And as we seek to do all of those things, we see that the Holy Spirit is working in us producing this fruit. But I want us to zero in especially on joy today because that's the, that's the, the, the topic of the hour, right? That's the, that's the fruit that we're focusing in on today is the fruit of joy, in 1 Peter chapter 1, Paul, excuse me, Peter points us to a very important truth, to see that joy is not just sim- simply uh, an emotional response to our circumstances or the events around us. In fact, throughout the New Testament, again and again, the consistent witness of the New Testament is that joy transcends our circumstances in many ways. That joy goes beyond what the, the moment uh, might, might require of us if, if we're just responding emotionally to the circumstance or the events that are happening. But rather that joy is something greater than this. And I'm here to tell you that the reason that it's greater is because joy isn't just a feeling that we chase after. Rather it's a product of the Spirit's work in our hearts. And because joy is something that the Holy Spirit produces, we can have joy in any circumstance, in any situation. And and Peter points us to that. So let's look together at 1 Peter chapter 1. I want to read verses 6 through 9 together. 1 Peter 1, beginning in verse 6. And I want you to notice a couple of words in this. There's the word joy, of course, that we're going to see in verse 8. But also the word rejoice in verse 6, the word rejoice is, is essentially that's saying to find joy. If we're to rejoice in something, we are to find joy in that thing. And so that's important as we read this that we, that we see that we're to rejoice and have joy. Verse 6, 1 Peter 1, 6. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. Let's pause for just a moment because from the beginning, from the gate here, we see that Peter is saying that we rejoice though we are grieved by various trials. Now, that doesn't work. That doesn't add up if joy is attached to our circumstances. If joy is, is a product of how we feel or if it's happiness or the pursuit of happiness, then, then there's no way for us to have joy in the midst of various trials. But because joy isn't, just a feeling. It isn't just an emotional response. We can have joy in any circumstance. Much as this tells us, we can have joy, we can rejoice, even though we have been grieved. We can live with joy. Verse 7, so that the tested genuineness of your faith We see in this passage that Peter tells us that joy is a gift that God gives us. And so when we are called to rejoice, when we are called to find our joy, we find joy in the giver of the gift, in the one who has blessed us, the one who has poured out salvation for us so that we can find joy even in our hardest circumstances because it's a gift that God gives us, a gift that will sustain us. It's a product of of our salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And to rejoice is simply the instruction that we, would, that we would seek that joy, that we would find our hope in that joy. Let me give you what I think is a helpful definition of joy. This comes from an author, his name is Aaron Menikoff, and he's written a book called Character Matters, Shepherding and the Fruit of the Spirit. And he defines joy this way. I thought this was so good. He says, joy is delightful confidence in the triune God who orchestrated, accomplished, and applied our salvation. I'll say that again. Joy is confidence, excuse me, delightful confidence in the triune God who orchestrated, accomplished, and applied our salvation. So we have joy as we take confidence in God because of what He has done for us. Because he accomplished our salvation. Because he has applied it to us through faith in Jesus. Because he orchestrated all of this to begin with. It was his doing, his his plan, that we should find our salvation through faith in Jesus. And we can have confidence in this. And as we live in that delightful confidence, then we live with joy. So this is what joy is. It's delightful confidence in God. Confidence in what God has done for us. Confidence in who He is. Confidence in His power at work in us. And as we delight in Him, as we have confidence and hope in Him, then we live with joy. But we live in a world that thinks that joy is something else. And I want to spend some time this morning based on this understanding of what joy is, then I want us to debunk some of the myths about joy. I want us to if I can say it this way, I want us to expose some of, the, some of the lies or the misconceptions that we have about what joy really is. And so in order to do that, I want us to see what joy is not, but also to consider then what joy is. The first point is, is this. Joy is not a feeling, but it's a function of faith. It's not a feeling. See, so many people think that joy. Well, they 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 misconstrue happiness and joy. Happiness is, I think, what so many of us think about when we think of joy because we think about that, that emotional response, right? To be happy. Happy is an emotional response. And oftentimes, it's tied to our circumstances. So the things that are happening around us, the things that are taking place in our lives, they might elicit a certain response. And, and when we like it, then we're happy. And, and we know, you know, science tells us that when you're happy, that, that your your body releases certain neurochemicals and and the, the, even in that it affects your mood and there's there's a physiological component that there's these things happening and that's all by God's design that are that that we, we work that way that we're happy and, and we have these good feelings and there's emotions and it's and it's a, but joy is not happiness Because joy is not anchored to our circumstances. Joy is rooted in the character of who God is. It's a function of our faith. So although it would be entirely appropriate to say that happiness is tied to our feelings, something that gets us in the feels, right? Happiness is is all about how we feel. Joy is something greater. It's something beyond that. It's not just a feeling that we have. Rather, it's it's a product of faith. It's a function of our faith so that as the Holy Spirit is working, the Holy Spirit, by the way, whom we receive through faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is working in us. He's producing joy in our hearts. It's not just about feelings. And that's so important for us to understand because the truth is that feelings will not sustain you, but joy will. Happiness will not see you through life's darkest moments in its most difficult hours but joy will. Which is why Peter can write with confidence that we can have joy, we can rejoice even though we've been grieved by various trials. Even though our faith has been tested. Because through that testing of our faith, we we realize that What we have believed in, what we have trusted in, what we have put our faith in is a bedrock, a foundation that will not crumble, that will not fade, that will not disappoint. And so, it, as he writes, it, we may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Don't you see? That's the point. Joy comes through the re- revelation of Christ. And there's a, there's a, a, a now component of joy. There's a, a component of joy that we live with joy now, but then there's also a, a component of joy that's rooted in things that are yet to come. And that's what he's talking about when he writes about you, you love Jesus, but you haven't seen him. And even now you don't see him, but you you hope for those things that are coming someday and you believe in and you trust that's what faith is all about the writer of hebrews tells us that faith is the is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things that we don't see and so through faith in jesus we have joy because it's a function of that faith and because joy is a function of our faith it can sustain us even in life's darkest moments Joy is not a feeling, it's a function of our faith. Joy is not a mask, rather it's a mark of our maturity. It's evidence of spiritual maturity, but not not a mask that we would wear. Some years ago, during the time of the Depression and leading into the Second World War, the leader, the President of the United States was FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And FDR was known for his charismatic personality. FDR was known to, to light up a room when he would come into the room. He was known to, to uh, just to exude confidence and charisma and, and, and these qualities that the American people found so endearing so so much so that he was elected and reelected over and over but Historians and biographers would tell us after his death that FDR's personality outwardly in in those moments was actually far from his his true personality because the reality was FDR lived with great pain. He lived with the debilitating uh, effects of polio that he suffered in his younger days and he lived with constant uh, pain and fatigue. He fought depression through much of his life. But FDR understood that what America needed in that hour, in, in its hour of need, was was an optimist in chief. It, it, America needed a leader who would lead us, who would guide us, who would exude these characteristics. And so he he did what so many people have called the fake it till you make it, right? I mean, that's the way that he, that was who he was. He, he exuded confidence. He exuded these, these qualities because he knew that that's what the American people needed from its leader in that moment. Now, that says a lot, I suppose, about FDR and, and who he was and the kind of leader that he was. But when I talk about a mask here, understand, that's what I'm talking about when I say a mask. And, and, and so hear me in this. Joy is not just a mask that you wear. So when I say that you're to live with joy, I don't mean fake it till you make it. That's not what joy is about. That is not the heart of joy. Joy is not something that we just project outwardly and and hide from everyone else privately. Joy is not, living in joy doesn't mean that you just put on a happy face and you just and, and you just try to project charisma or project confidence. No, see, joy means that you can have those things even in the midst of your difficulty, even in the midst of your struggle. It's not just a mask that we wear or we show others outwardly, but rather it's the product of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts so that as we mature spiritually, we will produce more and more Joy. So that as we draw closer to the Lord, we will have joy more and more in any given circumstance. Joy is not the absence of problems. It's not the absence of difficulty. It's not the absence of any kind of trial or trouble. Rather, it's confidence in Christ in the midst of the trials and the difficulties. You understand? Joy is not just is not just uh, projecting something outwardly, but rather it's living with that abiding peace of God. We'll study more about peace next week, but it's living with that peace of God that's a product of the presence of God in our hearts in any circumstance. And that comes through the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that comes naturally to us, but it's something that the Spirit produces in us as we walk by faith. So it's a function of our faith. It's a mark of our maturity. The more mature we are spiritually, the more mature we are in our faith, the more we have joy in our hearts. And finally, I want us to see that joy is not a reaction. It's not just something that is elicited by a circumstance, right? It's not a response to some outward external thing, but rather it's the result of righteousness inwardly. Joy is not driven by outward things, but rather by something that is inward, the Holy Spirit inside of us, producing righteousness in us. It's in Romans chapter 14 that Paul writes to the church in Rome, and he says to them that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit kingdom of God as we live for the kingdom of God as we as we as we center our lives around the kingdom of God we have joy through the righteousness that comes through faith in Jesus Christ and so joy is not about being perfect it's about pursuing God joy is not found in In living perfectly and never stumbling and falling in sin, joy is not found. And when I say it's about righteousness, I don't mean righteous perfection in in the sense that we would never sin. And, And so in order to have joy, we just have to be perfect. And no, we can have joy even in the midst of the brokenness that's caused by our sin. But it comes as a work of the Holy Spirit producing His fruit, producing His righteousness, producing that in our hearts and in our lives. Have you ever been surprised by something I'm by the way let me just say up front before you answer out loud uh you don't have to answer out loud okay because I know the truth to this but have you ever been surprised by something and like all of a sudden something slipped out that that you shouldn't have said or that you're right you ever do that Uh, and then you're like oh (laughs) and you're like where did that come from what we've all done that, right? Uh, I know you have. I'm not asking you to confess. I'm not asking you to turn to someone else and tell them what you said. That would probably be even worse. But we've all done that sort of thing. Because the truth is, sometimes when you're surprised, you realize that there was something inside of you and it just blurts out real fast. It just gets squeezed out of you all of a sudden in, in that moment. Well, joy can come out of us when we get squeezed and, and sometimes what we find when we get squeezed, when the pressure is on in those moments, is that not everything that's in us is righteous. Not everything that's in us is holy as it ought to be. Not everything, we're not perfect. In this side of heaven, we won't be. We'll never be. And yet, as we, as we trust in Christ, as we mature in our faith, more and more, we ought to reflect Jesus. We ought to be more and more like Jesus so that so that. The the mark, the distinguishing character of our lives is marked by joy, by joy, by confidence in Christ despite life's circumstances. Again, it's a delightful confidence in the triune God who orchestrated, accomplished, and applied our salvation. And so joy is not a feeling, it's a function of faith. Joy is not a mask that we wear, but it's a mark of our maturity. Joy is not just a, a... reaction to circumstances but rather it's a result of the righteousness being produced in us through the holy spirit of god at work in us and so what i want you to understand this morning is the way that you have more joy is not by chasing a feeling but by pursuing the lord let me read to you my very favorite scripture on joy, in, in all the Bible, my very favorite scripture that has to do with joy is Psalm 16 verse 11. And Psalm 16:11 says, "You make known to me the path of life; in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore." That's what I want in my life. And I know it is you too. You want to know God's path. You want to know the fullness of joy. You want to experience pleasures forevermore. What what I'm wanting us to understand this morning is that comes through pursuing the presence of God. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. That means that the way that, that I have more joy in my life is not by trying to... Uh, exude confidence in any situation. The way that I have joy in my life is not by acting like I've got it all together and, and trying to just be happy. The way that I have joy is not by whistling a happy tune every time something bad. The way that I have joy is I draw near to God. I pursue Him. I seek to spend more and more time in the presence of the Almighty. And as I spend time in His presence... Then I have joy in my heart and in my life. By the way, that's true of all the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That We have more of these things by pursuing the Lord, by drawing near to Him. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. If that's true, and I'm convinced that it is because it's the Word of God, then we might say that the opposite is true as well. If fullness of joy is found in the presence of God, then, then what what might there be in the absence of, of a relationship with the Lord, right? The, the brokenness, the pain, the heartache, the, the struggle. And so as we go through those things, as we go through hardship, we, we wrestle with that tension. We wrestle with the, the present reality of this, of this fallen world and our own sin nature, but we also... We have confidence because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Jesus has overcome the things of the world so that even as we face the trials and the struggles of this world, we can have joy in Jesus, the one who enables us to overcome. That's why if you were in Sunday school this morning and you studied the lesson that Evan wrote about joy and and you read in John chapter 15 that that we have joy as we abide in Christ, as we spend time with Him, as we remain in His presence. That's where joy is found, in the presence of Christ. And so you want more joy? Then pursue the Lord. That's where it is to be found. It's found in a relationship with Him as we spend time in His presence. In a moment, we're going to move into a time of response. And as we respond to the Lord today, I want to encourage you, Uh, let me encourage you with this, because I know I'm speaking to a room full of people who need joy, because the reality is everyone in this world needs more joy, not just the people in this room, not just the people in this community, it could be said of all of us that that we need joy. Our lives are are, are, are hungry and, and thirsty for joy, the joy of the Lord. And the way that we have that, we've seen is to seek him, pursue his presence, spend time with him. And so this morning, the the natural response then would be to say, Am I spending time in the presence of the Lord? Am I am I pursuing him daily? Am I spending time in his word? Am I spending time in prayer? Am I lifting my burdens to him? Am I am I sitting at the feet of Jesus, as it were? And spending time with Him. That's where joy comes from. Not through chasing a feeling, but pursuing Christ. And my prayer this morning is that we would commit to pursue Christ in order that we might live with His joy in our hearts. And if there's never been a moment where you have trusted Jesus by faith, then frankly, this joy that I'm talking about will seem foreign to you. It would, seem, it would seem distant. It would seem uh, unattainable, unreachable somehow apart from faith in Jesus. But I'm here to tell you that through faith in Jesus, it can be, it can be found, it can be had, it can be yours if you would trust Him by faith. And so today... If, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you're ready to submit your life to Jesus, to trust Him by faith. And even as we sing the song of response in a moment, then I would encourage you to come. I'll be here at the front and I would love to pray with you a prayer of faith that you would surrender your life to Jesus. And if you want to use this, this uh, stage, the steps as an altar, a place where you might meet with God today, where you might fall on your knees before Him and meet with God, then I would encourage you to do that even as we sing. But let's let our response in this moment be driven by our understanding that joy comes through pursuing Christ, seeking Him, and that when we seek Him, when we draw near Him, we can have joy in any circumstance, in any situation because in His presence there is fullness of joy. Would you pray with me? Lord God, believing in that truth, that in Your presence there is fullness of joy, we want to Respond today by humbling ourselves. It, it, it takes an act of humility for us to acknowledge that we can never have real joy on our own. That all we, all we can chase is, is, is something that masks joy. Something that looks like joy, but it's not the real thing. Help us to see that real joy comes through knowing you by faith by maturing in that faith and walking in the righteousness that you give us, Jesus. Spirit, produce joy in our hearts as we trust in you. Sustain us with joy in the midst of our circumstances. May your joy overflow. May it ooze out of us that the world would See that joy, and they might be drawn to faith in you. Give us your joy, Lord, that we might live. And all this we pray in your name.